and I'll be right there in verse 33. Um, and I, I want to pick up uh, pretty much where Pastor uh, has left off here over the past month. He, uh, he started teaching about uh, Bible studies. He, we went through uh, a Bible study uh, for a couple weeks, uh, and then he began to speak about uh, speaking in tongues. And so I kind of want to pick up uh, right where he left off here and again in Acts chapter 4 and 33. And then something that I've been praying here more recently, uh, and I've been praying it as often as I can, uh, and it, it just happened as pastor was preaching this, I asked the Lord to make me an effective soul winner. Uh, I believe that one of the greatest uh, prizes and rewards uh, that we'll receive on the, other, on the other side of heaven is of being able to see the fruit of those that we have won to the Lord. And so I've been asking God, let me be a soul winner. I want to be a soul winner. Uh, I don't think there is a greater joy than to see individuals that you've won to the church and they're giving their life wholly uh, to God and they're serving, giving, uh, and doing just everything that God has called them to do. And so I want to see people here uh, because I've sold into them. And so we're going to talk about that today. Again, Acts uh, chapter 4, uh, 33. We're going to talk about soul winning today. And so the Bible, it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. The New Living Translation, it says it this way, The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's blessing was upon them all. It was upon them all. I did have a title for tonight, and so I want to give it to you. Uh, I'll be teaching from this topic, Winner or Witness. Winner or Witness. If you could, let's just pray one more time. Heavenly Father, Lord, again, I just thank you, uh, God, for what you're doing here uh, at the Refuge Church. I thank you, Lord God, just for a group of people who, God, we don't come to church just to feel some obligation, but, God, we truly yearn and desire to draw closer unto you. God, we want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and I pray that tonight, God, that you would give us instructions, Father, that you would allow us to have a better understanding and a revelation of, of what soul winning is, God. Uh, Father, we want to partake in your kingdom, and so I pray that you would help us do just that tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, and again, we all say amen. Amen. Soul winning, it's a, it's a phrase that you hear often in, in church, and you see all over churches uh, throughout the world, you know, sometimes we have these soul winning contests, and I mean, who doesn't want to see more people at their church? I guess it depends on how big a church is. Uh, personally, me, I, I think a good size of a church, the biggest I would want a church to be is maybe two to 300 people. Um, but I like to see the place packed out, definitely, if I'm preaching. Uh, from this angle, it's just a little bit different, Sister Brown. Uh, I can imagine uh, if anyone wants to see this place packed, uh, it's definitely Pastor Brown and preachers and pastors all over the world. But soul winning is, is such an important topic uh, in the church. And so we get this from uh, what we would call evangelism. Evangelism. Uh, you find that the fivefold ministry is what the church is made of, of apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and also evangelists. God, he has equipped the church with evangelists. Now, evangelists, their role and their responsibility is to get the word of God out to the masses, to the people, uh, so that they can come into this knowledge that we, that we know of and can come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I believe that evangelism is one of the most important aspects of a church, definitely if you want the church to grow. But God, he has called us to evangelize. We find in Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus, he tells his disciples, he says, go ye therefore, he says to go, to go, to go, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. God, he has called us to go. He has called us to evangelize. In Mark 16 and 15, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I remember when I first um, was reading the Bible and I, I would read this verse and every other verse that had creature, you know, it made me think I was supposed to preach to the bugs, to the birds, to the animals. I mean, God, he wants his gospel to get out there. But we even find parables in the Bible, the, the parable of the marriage supper and uh, uh, with the Lord, he, he invites people to the supper that he has prepared for individuals. And you find that in this parable that people, they're often busy with life. Bible says that one person had just got married. Another individuals, they were worried about work. They had to go check on their bull. And so they didn't come to this dinner uh, that the Lord had prepared for them. And the Bible says that the Lord sent his servants and he said, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come that my house may be full. The reason that God wants us to evangelize is because not only do we want our house full, but God wants his house full. God wants heaven to be full of people that were created in his image. If God can have it his way, his desire would be for the entire earth, every man and woman created to be in heaven because there is plenty of room uh, in heaven for everyone here that is on earth. God, he wants heaven to be full. And so he uses us as vessels, as conduits to use our voice and our lifestyle to evangelize and draw people unto him. But where do we get this word soul winning? This is the common word that we refer to soul winning. As a matter of fact, you actually don't really find that word in the Bible. You do find in Proverbs chapter 11 that they say that one that, uh, uh, I think it's a wise man wins souls. A wise man wins souls. And, and so many times you hear this verse used uh, as a soul winning verse. But we look at this Old Testament verse and the time that it was written. And they actually weren't winning souls in these days because the church was only for the family. The family of God. You had to be a part of a family uh, to be a part of God's people, a part of God's church. But this verse, it, it actually means something else. But there is a verse that I like to reference that I believe that Paul, he, he referenced soul winning. And it's, it's a very important verse if we're going to try to fill this place up. I think it's important that, again, that we teach Bible studies as pastor has encouraged us to do. But we have to get to a place where people will be willing to even accept a Bible study. And so look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9. He says for, this is verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. That's step one. If we're going to be soul winners, we have to make ourselves servants to the individual that we're trying to win to the Lord. We have to serve them. They don't even know they're being served. Again, he says, for though I am free from all men, he says, I have made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. Look what he says, verse 20. And unto the Jews, I became as a Jew. He says that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law. He says, I become as under the law that I may gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law of Christ. He says that I might gain them that are without the law. He says to the weak, I become as the weak that I might gain the weak. He says, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Again, he says, I'm 
made all things to all men that by all means, it should say that I will save all, <laughs> but he becomes all to save some. And what he does is he says to the Jew, I become like the Jew. It's almost like he's finding something in common because usually someone that you're wanting to invite to the church, they're not interested in the church. Uh, if they were interested, they would probably already be here. And so you have to make some point of connection and people only care about what they care about. And so there's two guys that I'm working on and I found out what they love. And one of the guys, he loves fishing. And so guess what I do every time I get around him? <laughs> I talk about fishing. Now, listen, I've never been fishing a day in my life. But, boy, I talk about some fishing. Hey, you know them bass fish? Them catfish? I eat the catfish. See, I just talk about eating the fish. <laughs> hey, when you catch one, I buy it from you. See, we become all things to all men, but there's another co-worker. He a little, got to watch out for him. The only thing this man seemed to like is these musical fest. And I don't know if you know what they do at these musical fests, but it's just full of drugs. And, and so I don't know how to really... Uh, uh, understand and, and become who he needs me to be. And so I'm just there for him. And I call him and I reach out to him. But I'm just trying to establish a place where they feel comfortable with me uh, to a, a point to where they feel and understand that I really care about them. And so this is what Paul did. He became all things to all men. He, he found those things uh, that, that they had in common uh, he became those things. And because people, they, they like to be around individuals like them. And so, again, this is where we get that term uh, soul winning from. But when we, we win people to the church, and this is where I, be, I, I think we begin to kind of go in the wrong direction. Uh, and even though it's all good and it, 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 we have good intentions, I believe that when we begin to make it a contest or whatnot, uh, that we kind of lose the value in it. Uh, because at some point when, when we're winning people to the Lord, in my mind and even in the mind of others, all we're trying to do is just to get them to come to church and let pastor do the rest. Uh, we're praying that the musicians... We're praying that they sing just such a good song that, hey, maybe the guests may like it. We're hoping that pastor would just preach a phenomenal message, uh, that the guests would just want to stay and be at the altar crying. And, and so as, as winning souls, we feel uh, that our responsibility is just to get them through the doors of the church. And if we get them through the, through the doors, we feel like we've done our job. Hey, the rest is up to the, you know, the, uh, the worship team. It's up to the pastor. But, but that is not what soul winning is about. Yes, we want to get them to the church, but that's not what it's about. And so as I've been praying and asking God to make me a soul winner, I've actually been going and looking through the Bible of examples, good examples of uh, what can I do to become a good soul winner. And I've been struggling because I don't find that word soul winner. I don't find it in the Bible, but the word that I do find is the word witness. All throughout the Bible, you see the word witness. And it means to testify of something that you've seen, heard, or experienced. Again, to witness is to testify of something that you've seen, heard, or experienced. See, what I believe is that God, that he has not necessarily called you to be a soul winner. Uh, but God has called you to be a witness, Sister Brown. And it's the reason I titled this message, Winner, meaning soul winner or witness. God has instructed us that we should be witnesses unto this world. Matthew 24 and 14, the Bible says, Jesus, he says, and this gospel 
of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. See, the end of the world is not coming when everyone comes to the church. But the end of the world, it comes when everyone has been witnessed to. When everyone hears the gospel, they've had the opportunity to respond to the gospel. They don't ever have to step their feet into this church or any church in this world. But God has called us to be witnesses, not soul winners. Now, I want you to understand, I'm not knocking the word soul winner, but I want to use the word witness so that we can get a good understanding of what we're really trying to do when we invite people to church. Again, the Bible, it, it uses the word witness. And God, he has called us to be witnesses. We find that the first person in the New Testament that was a witness was John. John chapter 1 verse 7, the Bible says, speaking of John, the same, he came for a witness to bear witness of the light, speaking of Jesus, that all men through him might believe. John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. See, John, his responsibility when he came to this earth was he was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. He witnessed about Jesus Christ. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He prepared people uh, for the coming of Jesus Christ. He witnessed about it. We find in John chapter 3, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, he says, we speak that those things that we do know and testify of that that we have seen and you have not received our witness. Again, our witness is those things that we've seen, that we've heard and that we've experienced. And so I bring this up. He says, you have not received those things that we have witnessed. And so. I think the danger of using the word soul winner is we think we have failed if they don't come. I mean, you can be you can be trying to invite people to church for your entire life and not one person ever comes to church and you will think that you have failed at being a soul winner. But God had a prophet in the Bible because he understood his assignment was not to literally just get people to church. His assignment was to declare and to witness. Never won a soul, but he was successful in his purpose because his assignment was to declare. It was to tell. And so we have to get to a place where we understand that God has called me to be a witness. And uh, Lord, forgive me, I want people to come to church. But as long as you are telling people about Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, listen, you are doing your job. Oh, I fell into this. I was trying to get folk to come to church. They didn't want to come to church, and I'm just down. Not understanding that me just telling them about Jesus Christ, I'm doing my job. It's a witness. You're just testifying of the things that you've experienced and what you've seen in the word of God and what you've heard the pastor preach about. You're just telling them about it and then they have to make the decision. They make the decision. Again, John 3, he says, listen, I... I told you the things I know and I testify what I've seen. And you Pharisees, you have not received our witness. Now, because they didn't receive him, is he going to receive some type of punishment when he goes to heaven? Absolutely not. And if, if we can be honest with ourselves, the witness, sometimes that's the scariest part. Just saying it. It's easy to say, hey, come to church with me. You know, that's, that's not even weird. You know, you kind of expect that. But, boy, you get to talking about Jesus, 
I mean, to bring up Jesus, I remember the day where it was fearful to me. Oh, they're going to think I'm a weirdo. How do I talk about this? You know what? Let me just give my testimony. Hey, man, God has been good to me. As powerful as your testimony is, it's not witnessing. It's, it, it is a part of the equation. But people need to hear about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Testimonies can be powerful. And we need testimonies. Testimonies actually help draw people to Christ. Uh, but we must be a witness. As the verse said today, in verse 33, it says, and they, uh, the apostles were witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They knew that if they can prove that Jesus rose from the grave, the rest was history. You don't need nothing else. You don't need my testimony. If I can prove that this man that you guys have killed, that he rose from the grave and that he is still alive today, I don't need nothing else. You ain't got to believe it. You see it. You can do whatever. They understood that people, they don't necessarily have to join you. But you've done your job hey, when you've shared the word. Paul, we find that when he was called by God, in Acts 22 and 15, the Lord says unto him, for thou shalt be his witness. I'm sorry, he's speaking of Ananias. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Acts 26 and 16, Paul has given his testimony. He says, but rise. Ananias says, arise, stand upon thy feet. He says, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. This is Jesus speaking to Paul. He says, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of the things which thou hast seen and those things in which I will appear unto thee. When Jesus, when he spoke to Paul, he told him, he says that your purpose is to be a minister and a witness. And that's all Paul did. He witnessed to the poor because he was placed in prison. He was able to witness uh, to the people in high places, to the government, uh, to the rich individuals. Paul was a witness. And I believe that God is calling us all to be witnesses. And we have to get to a place where we are not afraid to share the gospel of Christ and I believe that the reason that we are afraid because we just don't know how. He says, how do you share the gospel? It, it doesn't sound entertaining. Can I, can I dress it up any other way? I mean, but when you think about it, what is more powerful than a man being killed and raising three days later? I mean, what greater event? I mean, if you can believe this is powerful. This is powerful. And so Paul, he understood how powerful this was. And so in 1 Corinthians 2 and 1, I, I, I like this verse because we try to come up with all of these fancy ways to share the gospel. And how can we share it in a way that the people will enjoy it, a way that they would like it? But Paul, he says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, he says, when I witnessed unto you, he says, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony or the witness of God. He said, I, 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 he said as smart as I am, he knew multiple languages. He was a Pharisee. He, he knew that word better than anyone else. I believe he was very well spoken. But he said, when I came to you, he says, I didn't speak well. I didn't speak with an excellent speech or with wisdom. He says, I didn't do that. You know how some people, they like to use big words while they're preaching. And, and sometimes you're more captivated with the preacher than you are the word of God. Uh-oh. Paul says, I, I, I didn't come to do that. He says, but I was very plain. He says, because the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful all in itself. 
is powerful all by itself. In Acts chapter 4, Bible says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, it was something about them they knew they were unlearned. They were not educated. The Bible says they were ignorant. And in their eyes, they were just dumb. They were nobodies. Uh, but these people who were trying to place them in prison, it says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, guess what the Bible says they did? It says the men marveled. Wow. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. It was because of the ignorance that the people that they witnessed to, that they marveled. It was the fact like, how are they witnessing like this? They're uneducated. They're ignorant. And it's, it, it calls the men to marvel. Here's something about them, guys. The Bible says that they knew that they had been with Jesus. Again, they didn't come with fine words. They didn't come with some good preaching. And see, this is a word that challenges me, man, because when I come to church, I want the preaching to be good. Hey, but if pastor just preached the Bible, I ought to be fine with that. No matter if he's emotional or not. No matter if he's just monotone the whole time and he just preaches for John so loved the world. I ought to say amen. Because the word is powerful all by itself. If it takes for a man to get involved to make the word of God powerful, it's not the word of God. It's powerful by itself. That's why you can just read it in your quiet time. And it had changed your life. Now, it does a little good when he had a little flavor to it, you know. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> but the word of God is powerful. And I don't care if they're having a kid's service or if it's a service for the elderly. Hey, listen, I'm all ears. I'm tuned in because that word can change my life. I don't care who's preaching, man, woman, boy, girl, old, young. The word of God is powerful. And in any moment, that word can plant a seed in your heart and change you forever. And so it's today's verse. Just want to read it to you one more time. It says, and with great power. That's what got me right there. With great power gave the apostles witness. Now, now this doesn't make sense to me. What does that look like? How do you witness with great power? See, I'm praying that the Lord would, would make me a soul winner. Now it's God, make me a, an effective and a great witness. And I, I read this verse and we find that the apostles, it says that with great power that they witnessed. Now, when I witness, I'm, I'm going to be honest, ain't nothing great about it. You know, ain't nothing miraculous happened. I'm talking to the people and, you know, I think I, I got them on the, on the hook and, you know, but I wouldn't describe it as some type of great power. I wouldn't describe it as something that was outstanding. But we find in this verse here that with great power gave the apostle witness. Witness of what? Of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now listen, it's only a couple ways you can talk about that. You can't come up with a million ways to talk about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And so I don't think it was a word play that was the great power, but it was something else. And the Bible says, and great grace was upon them all. And this is what I want to talk about today. I want us to be a people that when we witness, 
And if we believe this word and God is no respect of persons, that in the same way that the apostles witnessed unto those people in those days, that God can give us that same power to witness today. I believe that when I witness the people that God in some way, form or fashion, that it can be described that I am witnessing with great power. And so how did they witness with great power? And so the first thing that I will want to point out is Acts chapter 1 verse 8, which pastor is preached, he's preached from this. We find that in this, in this context of scripture, Jesus, he's getting ready to go. He's been with his disciples for 40 days after the resurrection, instructing them pertaining to the things of the kingdom of God. And he says this right before he goes. He says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He's telling them, hey, I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. I'm getting ready to leave. I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. I want you to wait for the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Holy Ghost, what does it do? It's going to give you power. Verse 1 and 8, it says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, pastor, he talked about what the Holy Ghost is. And when you speak in tongues, it is the initial sign that you have received salvation. But I want us to look at this verse and it tells us what we will receive power to do. It's not talking about salvation. But this verse says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. God, he gives us the Holy Ghost so that we will have power to be a witness. I'm about to say something that might mess us up. I almost don't believe you should witness until after you get the Holy Ghost. Because the power is in God living in you. God speaking through you. And 1.8 he had taught them everything that they needed to know. He spoke to them for 40 days. Don't go witness yet. Wait for the Holy Ghost. Don't, 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 I know you know everything. I walked with you for three years. I've been with you 40 days after I'd raised from, the, raised from the dead. But I don't want you to witness yet. I want you to wait till you get the Holy Ghost. Why? He says, you shall be witnesses unto me. I believe that if we're going to be effective witnesses, we have to be full of the Holy Ghost. Now, I know you're probably thinking about people all over the world, people that you know, and they've soul winners. They've invited and brought a million people to church. I can't speak about any of that. and I don't know. But I'm saying that if we're going to be effective witnesses for the kingdom of God, that we have to be full of the Holy Ghost and our dependency, if we're going to be a witness, must be, we must be dependent on the Spirit of God. See, this is the reason why Paul says, I don't have to be, uh, I use excellent words. I don't have to use great speech because the Holy Ghost through me is going to minister to that person. You see, see, it says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This is the same word in the main verse today, and it says with great power gave the apostles witness. It's the same word. You know what that power was, that great power? That was the Holy Ghost. That power that they were witnessing with, it was the power of the Holy Ghost. It, was, it had nothing to do with their capabilities, their talents, their, their treasures, and their resources. But it had everything to do with God performing in their lives while they were witnessing. That's what that power was. God had given them power, and he knew that there are some people that you're going to witness to 
they eat you alive if you do it without the spirit. You'll go witness to some people in there. They know that Bible better than you. You go talk to some of these Jehovah's Witnesses. I'd have sat down with a couple of them and scratched my head. I said, hold on. Let me get back with you. They have you serving their God. This is why you need the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost, it discerns the thoughts and the intents of people's lives. And you can be speaking to someone and, and, and the Lord quicken you in your spirit and you begin to deal with something that they've been struggling and praying to God about. And you had no idea, but the Holy Ghost is just leading you that way. It's convicting the individual. Again, it was, it was with power that the apostles witnessed of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is, again, why I don't believe personally that individuals that as soon as they come to church, that they should start witnessing. Because I've seen it happen in lives of individuals I know. People, they come to church and they're so excited about what God has done in their life. You've seen it. They're on fire for the Lord when they first come. I remember two individuals off the top of my head that they, they posted about Jesus Christ every single day. And unfortunately, my friend, because he's seen it so much, he says, Chris, he says, whenever you see somebody get saved, he says, I'm just speaking off experience. Don't judge me. He says, whenever I see someone get saved and they get to posting about the Lord every single day, they on fire for the Lord on Facebook. He says, I just give them six months. He says, I just give them six months. He said, they're going to be done with all of that. And sure enough, I just look at people that just on fire. When, see, when you get the Holy Ghost... What the, Holy Ghost, what the Holy Ghost does is it leads you to want relationship with Christ. It leads you to want to read the word of God. And so what we find is these people, they want to be witnesses as soon as they get saved. Because they're not saved. And I hate to say it. But they just enjoyed the service. They liked what the preacher was talking about, the prosperity gospel and God to heal my body. See, they were infatuated with the benefits of the kingdom of God and not the king of the kingdom. And so they're serving for these fleshly, these fleshly things. Hey, if I serve God, he'll make me rich. He'll, he'll heal my body. He, he'll do all of these things. And listen, like my, my friend said, that only lasts about six months. But you have to get in a relationship and, and you have to yearn for the king himself, Jesus Christ. And when you do this, it lasts forever. These two individuals I know, they, they on Facebook and I mean, they were, I don't know how long. It might have been a year. I mean, every day they beating it down people's throat. Unfortunately, they don't follow the Lord no more. I mean, they're on the opposite side of the spectrum. I mean, drugs, fornication. One's a dancer at 2, 3 in the morning, if you know what I mean. I'm like, how did this happen? You could be so on fire for the Lord. And see, this is what brought me to my conclusion that you need the Holy Ghost before you start witnessing. Because they begin to talk to some of these people, these individuals, and they become so confused. Because one thing I know, you get to talking about Jesus Christ. Oh, the enemies, he's coming. And I'm telling you, I done ran into some people. I mean, they knew the word. And they, they tried to convince me that Jesus wasn't the way. You was in the New Testament. <laughs> and I'm t they knew the word. Knew it better than me. 
And so if we're going to be these witnesses, we have to be dependent upon the Holy Ghost. And it's with the Holy Ghost that the signs and the miracles come. Mark 16, you know the verse, verse 17, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues, shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. See, when Jesus, he sent those 70 disciples out two by two, and they went and they witnessed into that city. See, when they witnessed, it was accompanied with signs and wonders. And this is what we have to get back to. And I don't know, I don't understand what we're missing, but imagine going to witness to someone and they say their leg, their knee, something hurt, and you pray and it gets healed. Guess what they're doing on Sunday? They're coming to church. See, now they have a testimony. They don't have to depend on your testimony. Man, my knee is, what? I got to go see what these people are talking about. See, when we witness, I truly believe that it's supposed to be accompanied with signs. Again, in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, the Bible says, In my speech and my preaching, it was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but how was his speech and preaching? It was in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Paul says that when he preached, when he witnessed, there was a demonstration of God's spirit and of God's power. And when that happens, I don't care if you go up there and twiddle your thumbs. You preach Jesus and something happened, you just call on his name. And miracles start happening. Demonstration, lights get to moving. <laughs> Listen, I'm all ears. I'm all ears after that. But he's, li listen to the reason why he says he didn't preach with enticing words. He says, but I preached in demonstration of the spirit and of power. He says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. He says, I want your faith to be in God. I, when that preacher gets to preaching, to, you get to preaching too good. Hey, you don't even understand it, but your faith is in the preacher. Your faith is in him. And, if, and when he leaves the area, you're not going to go to church no more. Because it was all about him. But Paul says, listen, I'm, I'm going to preach. Peter, he preaching, a man fall out the window. He fell asleep, fell off the third floor. Died and then went down there, breathed on him, came back to life. Now, listen, I'll take that preaching any day of the week. <laughs> I mean, it's, it followed with miracles, signs, and wonders. See, Paul, he wanted the faith to be in Jesus Christ and not in him. And he understood this. See, if we're going to preach, now, nah, if we're going to witness, and if we're going to witness with power, it must be through the Holy Ghost. It must be through the Holy Ghost. And this is why when we witness, it must be accompanied with prayer. I believe that we should pray and ask God, lead me to an individual uh, that is seeking your truth. Lead me to an individual that, that you have called and that you have set apart. And God, he will lead and he will, he will guide you to people who are ready to his word. Because what we do is we minister to our friends and our family and we don't understand that they can't receive the word of God unless God has ordained and called them. And you don't know that. You don't know when God has called someone. You don't know if God is allowing their heart to be hardened like Pharaoh. Remember, God purposely hardened the heart of Pharaoh to prove a point. That his will may be done. There may be some people on this earth right now. God has hardened their heart. And you're trying to witness to him. Imagine trying to witness to Pharaoh. <laughs> 
And this is why we have to be led by the Holy Ghost. God's Spirit has to lead us and has to guide us because we can just be wasting our time on someone that God has not drawn by His Spirit. We have to be, I mean, this has to be a lifestyle if we're going to be a witness. I, I believe that you have to be living a good life. And I actually, I spoke to an individual today who was a soul winner. I mean, this guy, he invites so many people to church, and I told him I was going to be teaching about it. And he said, he said, you know what, Walker? He said, one thing I knew, he said, I would always win souls when I was living right. He says, but when I wasn't living right, he says, I'd be out there door knocking. I'd be talking to people. And he said, they weren't coming. He said, that sometimes they'd come to church, but they wouldn't show up again. He said, but when my life was in order, he said, they stayed in the church. And you want to know why? Because God was leading to him to individuals that God was calling. God is calling certain people. And I, I just want to close with this. Uh, just speaking about prayer, uh, why it's important to pray. Because in Ephesians 2 and 1, it says that you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins in which you formerly walked. This is Paul. He's speaking to a group of people who are saved. And he says, but before you got saved... He says, you were dead. Somebody say dead. He said, you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. In the ways that you, in the way that you used to live, you were dead until God called you and drew you by his spirit. And so I want you to imagine the greatest speech ever. About the gospel of Christ. I mean, the greatest that you can ever imagine, and then that person going to a cemetery and preaching it to the cemetery. How many of those people do you think will receive that message? None, because they're dead. And this is what God is saying, that there are people, they're dead in their sins. I don't care what you say to them, they're not going to receive it. And this is why you need the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost is going to lead you around those people and it's going to place you in the life of that person that's been praying and that's been asking, God, send me truth, God, send me the real thing, Lord. I want to worship you and praise you and live for you, but it's all of these hypocrites. Send me somebody. And when you pray, God will lead you to these people. And when you come in contact with these people, you will witness with great power, with great authority. And then they have no choice but to come to church, join the church, and get involved. I just want to encourage somebody tonight, all of us. God has called us all to be witnesses. Every last one of us. And it, it starts with our lifestyle. We must be a people who, we must live right. I'm going to just say that. We have to live right and depend on the Holy Spirit, not on our wisdom, not on our knowledge. Yes, you need to know the death, the burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. People, I, I've learned that when I talk to people about coming to church and trying to witness to them, they have a million and one questions. Well, if... If God is so good, why does he allow evil? Why do babies die? They, they come up with a million questions. And maybe you should have a, a response. Bible tells us that we should have an answer for our hope. But with the Holy Ghost, and we can grow this church. Bible says that one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. It's not us doing it. It's just us being a vessel, allowing the Holy Spirit to use us, and then God growing and developing the church. And one day we're all going to be with him in glory. And so I challenge us, hey, let's pray. Let's ask God in your personal time, Lord, help me to be a great witness. Again, soul winner, that's fine. 
But I want to witness, even if God, they don't ever, if they never step a foot in the church, God, let me at least preach the gospel to them. Let me witness to them so they have the opportunity and the chance because that's what God has called us to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just, we thank you, God, for your, for your gospel. We thank you for what you did, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Father, I thank you right now that I received the witness that was given to me. God, I heard it. I responded. Father, some of us, we waited longer than others, but I just thank you that I'm in the place that I'm in now, God. I'm in your church. I have received the gospel, and Lord, I'm, I'm, my desire is to be a witness for you. I pray, God, that you would give us favor and that you would give us grace, this congregation, this people. God, that we would become witnesses for the kingdom of God. God, let it not be something where it's a contest and we just want to put another notch on our belt. But, Lord, these are souls that will go to hell if they don't receive you. And so, God, I pray that there would be a love. Let there be a love, God, for my neighbor. Lord, let me love my neighbor as I love myself. God, that when I would see him or her, Lord, that I would desire that they would have a relationship with you. I pray that our dependency, Lord, would be upon you, upon the Holy Ghost, that you will lead and that you will guide us, Lord. Oh, I desire to that the church would grow and that many would be added to the kingdom of God. And so, God, I pray right now that the spirit of fear, that it would be broken, oh, Lord God, that the chains, that bondage, that it would be loose, Lord, and that you would allow a liberty, Lord, to, to be be able to witness and minister on our job. Give us boldness right now, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost just come and override our feelings of fear and, and, and being weird, Lord. I just pray and I ask you, Lord, that you would just spark something tonight. Let us start tonight. Let us begin to develop, Lord, what we will even say. Oh, God, the answers, the questions that people would have for us. I pray that we would not just be content uh, on us just going to heaven. But God, there are souls in this city and in this community, Father, that will be in eternity with us. And God, why not use me to win them and to draw them unto you? And so, God, I thank you and I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.